We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. We're coming to you on Sunday night. Um, the Mavs have a hilariously terrible record on Sundays. They lost <laughs> they to do. the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> 136 to 121 i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they are either three and seven or like two and nine on on sundays it is hilarious how bad they've been because i've done all these you know post-game locker rooms and i'm like man i hate starting the week like this yada yada but for for once i'm just i'm i'm annoyed that they lost because they lost i'm much more frustrated with I, I just feel a lot of of you know i should feel better about this team 42 and 30 they they had a 17 game swing which is incredible but i walk into the playoffs not knowing who this team is and and they play the clippers in the playoffs again and so josh let's i'm just going to punt it to you so so what did you think about this game and then you know we can we can briefly touch on things, but for anybody that's curious, we'll probably have a bigger playoff preview towards the middle of the week. Yeah, well, I, I was pretty. It was pretty remarkable uh, Minnesota's offensive performance and the Mavericks' defensive non-performance. Um, they had a they had a hundred. The Timberwolves had one hundred and thirteen points after three quarters, which is just an outrageous stat on its own uh but then when you look at the quarter by quarter scoring it's kind of even more absurd uh they went 38 points in the first two quarters and then 37 in the third so it wasn't even like oh they had some crazy bananas quarter where they scored like 48 points and then they kind of just coasted off of that now for three quarters they just drilled the mavericks from tip off to the buzzer of the third quarter it was pretty it was just 
a remarkably consistent ass kicking. Like it wasn't because on a lot of NBA blowouts, it's usually like one or two big quarters, and then the game is kind of out of hand, and 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 then teams kind of coast to the finish line. This was three quarters of the Timberwolves just absolutely dominating, pouring it on. Uh, and it was, you know, it was rough to watch. Uh, everyone played for the Mavs, which I think was a little surprising because really, you know, I don't think they had much to play for outside of if they just wanted the dignity of being the fifth seed over the sixth seed. Uh, just, I don't know, just for some pride purposes. But uh, I mean, it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty obvious by the first quarter that the, that no one cared. Uh, cause this team just got its doors blown off, uh, in a serious way. And it, and it kind of sucks that these guys had to play, you know, I mean, no one played over 30 minutes, which was nice, but you know, if this was going to be the result, why even play at all? I'm guessing it's because they knew that they were out of the play in that the, if they didn't play, they'd be, you know, if they did, the guys didn't play tonight, maybe they're worried about rust, you know, Hey, they're going to get a week off anyway. So let them play. But, uh, Man, it was just it, hard to take. I mean, it's just a weird game from the sense of you obviously want to have some concerns about the de- defensive side of the ball, but then you kind of look at the Mavericks' schedule since you know February, and it's like it's like they're just they have these dud performances against these bad teams, and then they, it's just a remarkably different effort against the good teams. And, you know, they're not going to play the Timberwolves in the playoffs. They're not going to play the Kings, which is like a, such a stupid thing to say uh, as like a – it's just so weird. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, you yeah. watch them for how bad they were on the defensive end, but then it's like I can't honestly – honestly, I feel like they're going to look like a dramatically different team in game one of the playoffs, even if, you know, they lose. Like, it's just going to be different because that's how this team has kind of treated the season. So I talk so much Mav stuff now that sometimes I forget who I say to whom or what I say to whom. Did I tell you about the the? I don't want to say who told me this, but someone gave me a really good take of what if Luka Doncic was twenty seven and on this team. Did I share that on the podcast? Uh, I don't think you did on the podcast. I feel like that was on a that was a tweet in the Slack or something. The argument was basically. If Luka Doncic was 27, this team would have won like six or seven more games because he wouldn't do the thing that, again, he did tonight, which is come out and not take it seriously. Um, right. He would, you know, Dirk was a killer. And the real, you know, I don't like the Dirk Luka comparison talk, but Dirk had some unbelievable teammates with him until he was 23, 24. When was, when was two? So he was 19 when he came over in 99. So when he was 24 in 2004, 2005, you know, it, it just kind of during the the first, I don't remember which, whatever the first post-Nash year was, he wasn't by himself for a while. Like, he was with some peers for a while. But they've given the keys to Luka a little bit early. And in retrospect, probably one of my worst takes was that the Mavs didn't need JJ because he was a veteran presence that matters. And that's what this team has lacked to stabilize them. Um, and it's, it's just been kind of, of evident as the year gone has gone on because they, you know, they've won, like if I, I had the raw, I had the, the schedule pulled up, but the, the only losses they've had are, are in the last several weeks are the wolves, the grizzlies, the Kings, the Kings, the Kings, and then they got beat by the Sixers and the Knicks. And then they lost by the Spurs. Just so they lost to the Rockets. Like, They've played some real stinkers. And and I just, you know, 
on the one hand, I get very frustrated for the Mavericks for not maximizing Luca's early years well enough. But then it, it's it's just kind of difficult because they they handed the keys off to him as I as we wanted them to, and and I think in in hindsight that on a game to game basis, it's fine for Luca to be the leader of the team. On the season wide thing, I don't think he he was ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it's clear, and I know you don't like to do the Dirk comparison, but man, it's not that's not like a Dirk thing. That's like an alpha dog, you know, all you know, NBA superstar thing is mm-hmm. beat up on the bad teams take care of your business uh and save your energy for the bigger fights and uh you know he's 22 he'll learn it you know when he it's i feel like it's going to go hand in hand with his off-season training and i feel like the year we see luca come back from a summer and you know look remark you know look in shape and look ready to start the season i, I feel like that's going to coincide with oh they're beating the hell out of all the bad teams that they should. And, and these weird efforts against bad teams is, is slowly evaporating. So I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you the thing that bothered me about tonight and some of the losses is that the Mavericks tonight and really the last couple of games, our friend Bobby Corrala talked about how the Mavs have had good defensive rules all year. The last several games, they they have not had good defensive rules. They were giving up wide open threes. And there was something about how the they're letting guys saunter in. You know, mid-range shots might be bad, you know, in a, you know, thousand-shot sample. But if you let a guy like, like, NBA players are good. I've watched Dorian Finney-Smith in his second year in the league hit 10 threes in a row in practice. Like, these guys are unbelievably skilled. And you, know, you give a guy an open look, chances are they're going to hit him. And momentum is a thing in basketball. And the, the Mavericks just didn't really play good defense again. And I understand why for tonight. But I've not felt confident in their defense against a really – I mean, the, the Brooklyn game was pretty good. Where I mean, they obviously won. But <laughs> I just don't remember a game where I last walked away – feeling and i'm just gonna go check the schedule here that that the mavericks as a team against the units that we're gonna see in the playoffs are like we're really good like can does one come to mind while i'm pulling this up for you i mean the brooklyn win was a good win uh, it was a great one they had some um, really good wins some of the laker wins were impressive the, uh the golden state win where they mm. just came out in the first quarter and looked like uh look like world beaters and coincidentally that came after another loss to the kings and we were kind of wondering like man what's what is going on and that was you know that was at the time if they lost that golden state game that had huge ramifications for the standings at the time in terms of getting out of the play-in because that was when golden state was making a run to maybe make get the sixth seed the Uh, second los angeles lakers win was pretty good Mm -hmm. uh it was that they played the lakers in back-to-back nights and beat them back-to-back uh, but before that, the Milwaukee win, the Milwaukee game. Yeah, I was about to say that. They I don't think just. Mm. I don't think that game had Giannis though. But that's what it did not. But the the Bucks are pretty good. Drew Holiday, right. Chris Middleton. There's a lot there. It's just when I, I I'm alarmed is all I'll say <laughs> at the moment. And and the defensive metrics just swing wildly. And I've talked to you know. Bobby's right. From the advanced stats perspective, the Mavericks are actually pretty decent. But this game-to-game stuff, I'm just concerned because 
you know, I mean, Maxi Kleba is 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 very important to the team, and he's not. I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to play. I bet he. I bet he's able to play. I just. At, uh, I'm not. Uh, we're going to need to talk about this in a couple of days. At the moment, I. I just. I was not. I don't want to play the Clippers again just because I don't want to see them again. Not because I'm scared, but because I wanted something different. So I'm just at the moment. I'm very fe- feeling very like emotionally put off by the concept of of playing the Clippers again. Yeah, I understand. I mean, the the Brooklyn win was May sixth. It's currently May sixteenth, and since then, you know, they closed the season. Cleveland twice, Memphis, New Orleans, Toronto, Minnesota. Like, not exactly a murderer's row, and they only lost two of those games. But the two losses were huge blowouts. Uh, and then you sandwich in a really bad showing against the Raptors. Uh, and so you you just, you know, since that Brooklyn win, you probably haven't seen this team. You probably haven't come away from a game thinking that this is like, a you know, that the team is ready, that they're tuned up for the playoffs. Maybe after that second Cleveland win, but Cleveland is so bad. Like, you know, they just, if they would have played, you know, instead of playing Toronto uh, on Friday, if they would have played Phoenix or utah or i don't know philly or just some and gotten a win i think your mindset would probably be significantly different they just haven't you know since that brooklyn game they've just kind of beat up on bad teams had two blowout losses had an almost an embarrassing loss against the the g league raptors roster so i get it um but i want to share with you kirk the the mavericks defense um I don't know if you already looked, but do you want to take a guess at what Minnesota shot at the rim in terms of field goals made and attempted? So against the Raptors, it was 18 to 24. That number stuck in my head because I've been yelling it at people who've told me for days that I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Let's be clear. Uh, so how many, can you give me an attempts number before I guess? Uh, 35. Uh, I would go 28 for 35. You're man, really close. Twenty six for of thirty five. So, um, how, what percentage is that? Like, that's like seventy two, seventy four point three percent. League average is sixty four. So, that's a lot. 25, 25 made shots at the rim for for a game. That's that's quite uh, the amount. Uh, Minnesota only took five mid range uh, long twos. Uh, they were five of ten in the paint outside of the restricted area. Uh, basically, took no corner threes. Uh, I think they took twelve total corner threes, uh, and then they made eleven of twenty-eight uh, from above the break threes. But man, twenty-six out of thirty-five, like that will at the rim. That will. I don't know if an NBA team can win a game when you give that much up uh, at the rim. So just to, that's you know that's that's not good and. It's, you know, it's, it's not like, I don't think that's going to happen in game one against the Clippers, which is why it's so hard. Like, you know, it's just so hard because they're going to give it, they're going to give a crap. Uh, And it was just, it was just obvious. They were checked out from the opening tip. So it's hard to, I think I tweeted something about this earlier during the game where I'm like, I want to like sound the alarm about the Mavericks defense, but also I feel like their bad, their worst defensive performances are all in these games where they just, they're against bad teams or bad matchups where they don't really care. Um, All right. I mean, like Luca got destroyed by Jaden McDaniels tonight. And between that and watching, you know, another guy like the, the dude from LSU who scored on KP at the rim a few times, 
watching Maxi take shit, not Maxi, watching Dorian take shitty angles. Like defense is 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 not a, a, an individual thing. It is a team concept thing, and that's why I just scoff so much at, at Bobby telling me it's a rules thing. Where it's like, oh, they have good rules, and I'm like, but they execute them badly often enough to me to make me go, what are we talking about? Because I don't know. This is just going to be such a weird season. I suppose that like next year, if they're playing three games a week instead of four and a half, some <laughs> yeah. of this maybe looks a little differently, even if they bring back like the same cast of characters. Uh, it's it's just so confusing to me to understand how the, they they just didn't make many improvements. It, they were, if anything, I, I want to say they're kind of going to finish the season at the exact same spot they were last year, and maybe worse after this game, just because they got beat so badly. But it, before the game, they're nineteenth in the league in defensive rating, which was where they finished last year. <laughs> yeah, and then you know you you swap out Seth for Josh Richardson, and you hope that would be better. But yeah, you know, you know, it's been a weird year to to make any definitive statements because of COVID and the, and the injuries and the, and the games were so closely packed together. That's why, honestly, I've been waiting for the playoffs for like the last 20 or 30 days because sure. that's going to – we have all these questions, and I feel like we have we don't have a lot of answers, but they're going to get a week off, so there's, the rest thing should be better. You know, they're going to – there's no excuses in terms of like, hey, are they are they getting up for this game because, holy Lord, you know, it's the if they can't for the Clippers, you know, then they shouldn't even be playing NBA basketball. Like they're gonna be, they're gonna be fired up to to play against this Clippers team that uh, beat them in the first round of the playoffs last year. Then you have Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson and Kristaps who didn't really play uh, in the playoffs. Two of them didn't play at all, and Kristaps got it ended. So there's hey, there's extra bulletin board material. Like that part of it should be okay. But in terms of like just results and and trying to predict what's gonna happen. It's just been really difficult other than I think the Mavericks have reached a spot where their offense is pretty damn good and they are able to consistently get the shots that they want. And then we know that the defense is a little inconsistent, but outside of that, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you know, definitively what's, what's going to happen just because of the way this season's laid out and how many weird things happen that you just really can't account for uh, outside of this particular season. Well, you know, we, we, Josh and I told ourselves we're only going to talk for about 15 minutes and we've kind of just now passed that, which is (laughs) fine. Um, The schedule for the rest of the week, because we've been pumping out podcasts I've been trying maybe five-ish days a week total. I might have hit more. I don't know. There's lots of games. But with no games, uh, I'll post the locker room that I'm going to do post-game tonight sometime around Monday afternoon. And then I will – I'm going to try to um, bring on, you know, some non-Maverick-related people. I want to get – I was going to get some Denver people if we were going to play the Nuggets. I know a lot of Nuggets people. I don't know many Clippers folks. Uh, we'll we'll see. I, I'm going to see if there's anybody else out there that wants to kind of talk about this series and what they think. If I could, you know, we're we're probably going to aim for you know kind of two additional, you know, bigger picture podcasts. Josh and I may do. Uh, actually, we're going to do a preview podcast. I suspect that will come Thursday ish, just so we can have a couple of days to look at things. Uh, We have a lot of content planned during the week already, which I'm very pleased with. We have a great staff at Mavs Moneyball. Um, You know, Josh, before we get out here, do you have any other parting shots? No, I don't think so. I'm just, man, I'm 
I'm so ready. Uh, these this these playoffs are so huge. Like, it's crazy to think about how huge these playoffs are going to be when you think about the offseason ramifications, uh, depending on how well the Mavericks do or how well they don't do. So, yeah. and I've had so many questions. We we've been talking in Slack. We've been writing on the site. His talk has been a madman with his analysis, and I still mm-hmm. I'm reading everything. I'm taking everything in. I'm watching all these games, and I I still feel like I'm missing like I'm missing something. So uh, uh, the playoffs answer everything. You can't hide in the playoffs. So I'm just looking forward to it. Let's let's get it going. It's going to be a good week. We'll have a lot of we'll have a lot on the site to whet everyone's appetite. Yeah. So this has been uh, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball After Dark, and we will come to you later in the week. Everybody, enjoy the start to your week and and some you know, the play-in tournament and take a little break because, uh, you know, we've been going at 100%. It's okay to not consume basketball for a couple of days. We will talk to you soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.